mini trigger warning at the <laughs> beginning of this episode. We talk about mooning. We talk about <laughs> urinating competition somehow. Like if you're listening to like little kids with in the band, maybe put on some headphones. <laughs> Sick and tired of hearing all these people talk about What's the deal with this podcast and when is it gonna fade out? The thing you gotta realize is we're doing is not a trend We got the gift of friendship, we're gonna bring it to the end, come on now Hey Gonzo <laughs> Hi Steve <laughs> Welcome to the Jordan High 2004 podcast, this is Steve And this is Gonzo Sorry about that intro everybody <laughs> We love in sync. I know around here. It it ties in to the episode later. So no, <laughs> listen, stay, stay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So Gonzo, long time no see. I know. Last night, uh, whole twenty four hours later, still together. I know. Had a had a pretty fun men date yesterday. I enjoyed it. We went to was it called Taco Taco? Taco Taco down in Salt Lake. Yeah, Very good. I recommend. Visit. I would visit again. <laughs> No, we got to go to the Jazz game last night, and it was a blast, and we left. It was a one-point game with, like, a minute 20 seconds. No, it was, like, it was 44 seconds to go because it was mm. going to be the last possession, but they, like, took a timeout, and you're like, let's get out of here. Because <laughs> <laughs> like we had such a hard time parking. We're, like, way deep inside of, like, the gateway parking lot, so we're like, okay, okay, and then I'll keep looking through my phone for the end of the game. And like, and then they lost by they, five. Yeah, they lost by five. So right as we, we got into the around. car, we're like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> but it was nice because we got out of that parking garage in ninety seconds. Yeah, it was. And it's like every once in a while, when you park at the gateway, um, like for a jazz game, the the arm will be up. So free parking. It's yeah, like, it was score. the best. It's like got some tacos, <laughs> got some exciting jazz action. Didn't get stuck in traffic. We did see that sixty-four-year-old man half halftime show. Okay, so that was incredible. I thought for sure I was like, "Is this gonna be the time that he falls and breaks?" Are we gonna his see body? an old man die here? <laughs> <laughs> we'll look it up. We'll have to send a link to everybody. Yeah, it's yeah. like a guy that stands on a whole bunch of like chairs and stuff. He stacked chairs like for reals, like twenty feet in the air. I think I've seen that same act. Like 10 times, like 10 years in a row. <laughs> like that same guy. It just gets better with age, you know? Uh, uh, so it was fun. I'm, I'm glad we got to do that and let's do it again. Yeah, yeah, let's keep them going. You got something you, you got something you want to talk about? Yeah. So we put out a poll, right? We asked yeah. everybody, like, what do you guys want to hear? You know, we're reaching out to our audience. This is a podcast of the people, for <laughs> yeah. the people, by the people. We, we got good feedback. Um, the number one requested episode was people want to hear teacher stories. They want to hear good, bad, whatever. So I like that. I, I loved the idea. And it, it, st- it sparked because Drew was like defending teachers. And he, fe- he feels like no one should say anything bad about a teacher, even if they were like super inappropriate. I have some good stories. I have some bad stories. Yes. I think I can I can share a couple of like... Teachers that touched my heart, teachers that... Touched your body. <laughs> no, <laughs> but teachers that maybe shouldn't... Mm, bad stories about teachers. Yes. And so the request will be, we'll do that, but people have to participate. It's like last time we asked people to send in voice memos, two people sent in voice memos. So, yeah. First of all, thank you, Lacey. Yes. <laughs> Very thank, much. Thank you, Duper. <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys. So if you want to do that, um, we'll do that. And like uh, people liked the idea of opening it up to other classes. So 
if we need to in the future, we will look at doing that. And then we, we do. Are, we have some neighbors like we've we talked about Shay Smith. He just lives down our street. He's a two thousand three year. Like, oh, we'd love to have him on. Yeah. So one day, if we need to, we'll do it. But. <laughs> yeah. uh, then also, we're going to do an episode with Natalie at some point. Um, yeah. She wants to come on. I think it'd be great just to hear from her. And apparently, no one wanted to hear our New Year's resolutions. It didn't get one single vote. So we'll probably just share them anyway. I, I want to know, like, maybe not. I, I do want to hear your new, new resolutions. I want to hear how you did on last year's resolutions. I will uh, I'll happily give you updates. <laughs> okay. When it's time. Yeah, I'll pins and needles over here. <laughs> But uh, thanks for everyone that voted and gave us feedback, and just stay tuned. We'll, we'll bring you more content. Who are we talking to today? So today we're talking to like an old high school pal of us, uh, Chris Durling. Yeah, super excited for this one. I know, I'm excited. I, I haven't seen him in forever, so I'm really excited. Because I know you him. sent him a message like, like months like, ago. Yeah. Months ago or even longer, and it just never happened. And then for whatever reason, I think I saw that he liked one of our posts, maybe it was Brianne's, and I was like, Chris, come be on our show. And he's like, okay. Like, zero hesitation. And so, super excited to talk to him. All right. So, here's our conversation with Chris. Chris, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for coming over. It's so good yes. to see you. It really has. I haven't seen you since high school. I don't think we've seen no, you. No. Like it's ten. been a long time. Yeah, I ran into Steve couple times at the gym so i've seen him but uh yeah it was great seeing you pull up with your family yeah it's been a long time i was sorry i was late (laughs) for the record he was about 10 minutes late he made a stand out in the cold i should have just given you the garage code come inside like you said it felt good outside actually (laughs) i change it every time i tell him i'm like change it right after (laughs) watching me on the camera Bonnie did see that on the drive here. She's like, there's a lot of movement outside of our front door. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I'm glad you're here. It's like you're in person, which is my favorite yeah. way to do it. And I saw that you had liked a couple of our posts. And we, I just sent you a message. I was like, hey, come just be on, come be on the podcast. And you just said, okay. And I really appreciate that because a yeah. lot of people don't just say, okay. Yeah. Well, it's my pleasure. I've, I really enjoy the work that you two are doing. Like I said, uh, I've had an opportunity to listen to a few of the episodes and I think it's awesome just to hear about, you know, those that we've gone to school with in the past. And like you said, Gonzo, like life happens and you lose touch with people. So it's really been cool to listen to their stories and, and hear a bit about what's been going on in their lives, past and present. And uh, so I appreciate the fact that you two are doing this because if you haven't done it, no one else was going to step up. So catch us up a little bit. What's, yeah. uh, what's your life been like the, the last 20 years? Full of ups and downs, just like I'm sure everyone's has, has been. You know, after high school, I went to Snow College for a year. It's in the small little town, Ephraim. I'm sure many people know it. So I grew up going to Spring City. My parents have a home there. And uh, so it was just like natural to go to Snow College. I wasn't stupid in high school, but I sure as hell didn't try in high school. <laughs> so I didn't have like university offers or anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, where can I go to school? Scholarships were like knocking down no, the door. That, that was not me. And so, yeah, like Snow College was it. So I went to Snow College and, you know, had a lot of fun there. Uh, made a lot of mistakes, you know, um, 
One of the biggest blessings, though, is I met my wife there. So my wife and I, uh, we met when I was 18, so right after high school. You know, and I was one of the younger guys in our class. My birthday's in August, so when we graduated, I was still 17. And so always younger. And uh, so met at 18. I definitely acted like an 18-year-old. Met my wife. Had actually started by uh, hanging out with her and her roommates. You know, I had a buddy. We played basketball together. And he was like, hey, come hang out with these girls. And I said, sure. I got nothing else going on. So started hanging out with this group of girls and started dating my wife's roommate first while dating her roommate. Like I think back in, in my back of my head, like I always knew like my wife's name is Jamie. I was like, oh, I really like Jamie. Like, I think it was always back there. <laughs> but then kind of one night it all came to a head and, uh, you guys then started calling your girlfriend Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the real story behind your roommate, uh, your girlfriend was like, "Why do you keep asking me so much about my roommate?" <laughs> Alex, yes. Is Jamie here too? <laughs> Is Jamie gonna come? Yeah. I would, I would be sitting next to Jamie on the couch instead of my girlfriend at the time, and it all came to a head. Like at the time, my girlfriend. This is what what really happened is I didn't know she actually had a boyfriend. So she was in the other room breaking up with her boyfriend. She came out and I had been chatting with Jamie this whole time. And she came out of the room. Wait, you're the girl, Your girl that you were boyfriend. dating had another boyfriend? Yeah. So that was not you. That was not me. I didn't know. And so she, Dang. so she, drama. <laughs> drama. She came out of the bedroom after breaking up with her boyfriend. She's bawling. She's like, I just broke up with my boyfriend for you. And I looked at Jamie and I looked at her and I said, well, you shouldn't have done that. (laughs) And uh, it was the end of all of that. And I started dating Jamie. That was about the only thing positive that came out of my year at Snow College. I failed out of Snow College. I did not go to, I went to my basketball class and I think I showed up to three other classes for an entire year. Did not go. Um, My dad gave me a credit card. It was like a $500 limit credit card. So like, not like, Hindsight, you're like, that's oh, not a lot. But, you know, as an 18-year-old kid, you're on your own for your first time. I'm like, $500. I'm rich. I know. I can do anything I want. I re- Dollar menu on me, boys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. I was, like, hitting up every dollar menu there. I was going to the movies. My friends and I would drive from Ephraim all the way to downtown Salt Lake, like, twice a week oh to go gosh. clubbing. And anyway... Um, <laughs> So my dad, he finally found out because there was a letter that was sent. <laughs> Gets to, a statement. Like, yeah. What the heck? <laughs> two, yeah, two things happened. He got a letter uh, from Snow College kindly asking me not to show back up. <laughs> and uh, and then, yes, he got his credit card bill and maxed it out. So then he, uh, he drove down promptly and that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Did he take that credit card and just cut it right in half with some scissors? Yeah, he was so mad. He was so mad. But that's that pales in comparison to what happened next, right? So then, you know, I, I head back home and uh, getting ready for a mission. I get called to Poland. So I served in Poland. And uh, I tell my dad and my mom, like, hey, okay, I'm going to go hang out with my friends one last time. I'm going to go to Lagoon. In fact, I probably said both of your names. <laughs> just a bunch of people. I'm gonna go hang out. We're going to Lagoon, like one last hurrah or whatever. 
And I got in the car and I booked it down to Ephraim because that's where Jamie was because it was now the next year and uh, she was going to school. So I went and hung out with her one last time, like said goodbyes. It was this whole, you know, to do, right? And, uh, and Jamie, before I left, she said, don't hit a deer. No one's ever told me not to hit a deer. I've been driving through the Nephi Canyon, those canyons San, in San Pete County my whole life. And yeah, deers come and go, but I'm driving and a deer comes out of nowhere and I am in my dad's blazer and I hit the deer and I'm in this canyon. It's, you know, dark. This is probably like 12 AM hit the deer, lose complete control of the car. And the car starts bouncing up and round. And next thing I know, I'm slammed next to the mountainside. And like, I'm in a daze. I'm like, what just happened? Airbags go off. I get out, no cars around. Cause again, it's Nephi yeah. Canyon. And this is well before cell phones were any good, right? This was back in 2005. Yeah. If you had a Nokia uh, you, like brick, yeah. you weren't going to get service up there. Yeah. Know, right? In fact, had I just put that thing on the front bumper, I probably would have been fine. Cause that's what it was good for. Right? <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but anyway, I get it in the full front of my dad's blazer is just ripped apart. Like I demolished that deer, uh, but it was totaled. And so I pulled, pull my phone out, obviously no service. Cause didn't that blazer have like a cell phone built into it? it? Did. Yeah. I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> like old school, like my that dad thought he was phone. so rich. He's like, oh, I got the cell phone in my I blazer. That was the coolest thing I've ever seen. It was like, it was back in the day. That blazer Cell phone it did. It was <laughs> that place had a lot of memories, not to get sidetracked, but I remember we did stories for later. Yes, yeah, but uh, so anyway, um, finally, this your dad's gonna be so mad. Oh, <laughs> he's mad that X, Y, and Z happened. Like, oh, I'm dead. Not right? only are you not in Lagoon, you're like the whole oh, 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 so, opposite <laughs> way. <laughs> so true. So, this is what goes down. I finally, this nice couple like pulls up and obviously stops. And uh, gives me a ride as soon as I get into cell service. You know, I'm not thinking about this couple and what they are about to hear. I'm just nervous. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta call my dad. So I call my dad. At this time, it's probably close to 1 a.m., right? Because it took a while for a car and for us to get within cell phone range. So I call my dad. And he answers, uh, like, a bit worried because I was already supposed to be home <laughs> or close to home. And, uh, He's like, you all right? I'm like, I just hit a deer. He's like, oh my goodness. Are you okay? Like, he's really concerned as a good father would be. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, what about the cars? Like, it is for sure totaled. He's like, okay, I'll come get you. Where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I take a deep like, breath. I'm like, <laughs> I said, I said, I'm in Ephraim. And this is how I know my dad was mad. Cause my dad, he's a yeller and he's a fighter. Not get a bunch of stuff, but like, I got scars on my back from being whipped by the dude. Like he grew oh, up, dang. he had a hard life. So I'm like, I'm dead. So I tell him that he just hangs up the phone. And I thought, <laughs> I really am going to die. Like, you gotta said, walk my, home. <laughs> my life is over. So they, this nice couple drops me off at Jamie's place. Cause like that, that's. Oh, so yeah, it went back. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's the only place I knew they were headed to Ephraim. Mm -hmm. So. Dropped me back off at Jamie's and I knock on a door and she's shocked. And, you know, I, I let her know 
kind of what happened. And it was the most awkward thing to say like goodbye to your girlfriend and, and <laughs> for, Hey, I'm going to be gone for two years and then show back up and then be like, Oh, Psych. Hey. <laughs> it was really awkward. And then, uh, you know, I, I slept on the couch that night and my dad, he showed up the next morning and my dad handled it like a champ. Oh, like, really? He did. He was very understanding. He was like, Hey, I get it. I said, you made a mistake. That was stupid. We went to the blazer. Sure enough, totaled. He told me at that time, he's like, I just put three grand into this thing oh my to like tune it up and get a bunch of stuff done. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'll pay it off. And so we had this long hour and a half drive home. He took me to breakfast and he was really cool about it. And he told me, and I didn't know this at the time, my mother, so she's my stepmom. Um, you know, my dad's been married three times. And uh, the, the woman I call mother is my dad's third wife. So my mom, she, before she went on her mission, also caught in a car accident and the passenger with her died. Oh, wow. So my sweet mother had talked sense into my dad about like, look, this is what he's going through. This is what I went through. Like, yeah, I made a mistake, but I learned a lot. So it's almost better that like, it took the night to cool off oh, yeah. rather than oh, yeah. getting in, out in the middle of the night to go pick oh, him up. Oh, for sure. My, my saint of a mother just wow. talked my dad off, like just beating me for sure. <laughs> no, like, you're laughing, but I'm not, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like if it weren't for my mom, like we would have gone to blows for sure. Um, so anyway, you know, my, my mom. Poland was cool. Poland, <laughs> Poland was great. So, you know, I, I kind of took that as a lesson. Like that was my first like real life lesson of like, no, no matter what it is that you want to do or like what your intentions truly are, let them be known. Like, what's the point of lying? Right. And I think why it resonated so well is because I just like now, you know, speak of what I assumed that scenario was going to play out like, and it didn't play out anything like that. And that's, that was my first like heavy, heavy post high school life lesson of like, just be truthful in everything. doesn't matter. That helped me a lot. So then I went to Poland. Poland was great. I will say this, uh, Poland, not an easy place to serve by any means. No, not by any means I was there. And in my time there, I found and baptized zero people. I found one woman who ended up later being baptized by some sister missionaries and and whatnot, but uh, it was great. Like the Poland or Polish people have been through some of the worst things that this world has ever experienced. Yeah. And some of the most humbling experiences in my life were uh, walking through the concentration camps, like Auschwitz, Auschwitz is, is how you say it in Polish. But when you're standing there in the gas chambers and you see in the cement claw marks oh, wow. from the people. And then you look down and you see claw marks towards the bottom. Mm-hmm. And you know, that was the children doing the same thing. It puts life in perspective for sure. I'm like, what matters? Like what, what should we be doing as individuals to make this world a better place? So this type of stuff doesn't happen again. And then you walk from that room to where they would throw bodies on these railroad tracks just these beds on these rotor tracks and just throw them in to furnaces and it just tears you inside. And so, you know, you go there, you learn, 
a lot about just yourself. You learn a lot about the world. I learned a lot while on my mission about the strength of, you know, willpower and individuals' desires to overcome obstacles, no matter what the obstacle is. And I have an immense respect for the Polish people, especially recently with everything that's going on between Russia and Ukraine, how quickly the Polish people, after everything they've gone through, opening up their borders and helping those, uh, those citizens from Ukraine. It's like, once again, like the Polish people, they don't think about themselves. They're a very tight knit group and very family oriented and how quickly they were ready to put themselves back in harm's way because they know what it's like. So, you know, two years there, I learned a lot. Cold. Oh my goodness, it was cold. I remember the f first winter I was there, like negative 40 degrees, I kid you not. The coldest I've ever been in. You walk outside and I'm like, oh, it looks sunny and blue outside. So I put on a suit coat, that's it. And we walk outside and immediately makes your eyes water. But then before the water can get out of your eyes, it freezes on your eyelashes. Oh, wow. That's how cold it is. And I could not believe it. It was one of the coldest winters on record. So many, we call them Larry's, homeless people, died that year. And it was sad. I saw so many dead people. But my goodness, it was cold. So I think that's where my hatred of cold came from. <laughs> before that, I was like, ah, I don't mind winter. I don't mind cold. But that was a type of cold. I'm like, ah, don't want everyone to do that again. And so... You know, made a lot of lifelong friends in Poland. Individuals I continue to hang out with, speak with today. Probably very similar to many individuals who have an opportunity to serve. And uh, anyway, Poland was great. Had a great time in Poland. Came back. And uh, Jamie, not that when, when we kind of separated for me to go on a mission, had any discussion around like, wait for me or whatnot. Like she dated plenty of guys. Did a bunch of stuff, learned a lot while I was gone on my mission. And it just so happened to be when I came back, like she was still single. Like she had dated a few guys seriously, but was single when I got back. So I called her the night I got back. And I was like, hey, wanna hang out tomorrow? Uh, we hung out and then nine months later got married. So it moved pretty quick. Dang. Yeah, we went pretty quick. So got married nine months later and uh We've been married now for 14 years. So we got married in 2008. Mm. Uh, that's 14 years, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it's been a while and a lot of up and downs. Uh, it's just hitting me now. Bonnie went to our high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. When you said her name and I saw her, I was like, I think she went to Jordan High too. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. We're in the same class. Yeah. Yeah. I was so bad at like knowing so many people. You two did much better than, than I did at getting to know everyone in the class. I kind of had, I don't know who's listening to this. Uh, but My grandma is listening. Okay, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> no. And Joe Staker. Some of our young men leaders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this is no knock on, no knock on the, the girls and the women now that I dated. Like they were all fantastic individuals and I really enjoyed dating them. If I could go back in time. I would not have dated seriously like that in high school. I think it took a lot away from kind of my own growth and development and like memories and experiences I, I should have had that I didn't because I chose to date seriously. And the thing with me in high school when I dated, like I kind of like blocked everything else out. And you two probably 
have your own thoughts on this and memories because we'd hang out a lot and then I'd get serious girlfriend and you disappear for a minute and, and then like, I'd come back yeah. right when things didn't work out but like Rafi we dated for years but we were all a large group so that worked just fine mm-hmm. um, and then you know Missy and I we dated for like the entire senior year and that's probably the one I won't say regret because that's not the right word but if I could go back I definitely my senior year would not have committed to dating someone like that for my senior year I would have experienced a bit more but still happy with what I learned in high school. I've, you know, developed a lot of great relationships. And, so yeah. since we're talking about it, tell us, tell us more about like how you saw yourself as a teenager. How, yeah. how did you see yourself in high school? Who, so, was, yeah. who was teenage Chris? Yeah. I think like many, I was, uh, just trying to figure it out, you know, raging hormones, <laughs> like nonstop, <laughs> you know, just trying to figure out like, okay, who am I? You know, I think I, in high school, I was pretty confident in just myself, confident in, you know, who I was, confident in the fact that, you know, I had a close group of individuals that cared about me, I cared about them. You know, I, I look back and I do think, though, I definitely had an opportunity to be more open in the sense of the way I thought, the things that, that I'd say and do and interact, the people I'd interact with. Uh, again, I think uh, going back to what I mentioned, right? When you kind of isolate yourself in a serious relationship, you kind of get a one-track mind on certain things. And you know, I, I think back about how that probably impacted me a bit in the sense that I didn't have maybe the the right thought process or take on the world. As you know, I kind of got out of high school because I didn't really have an opportunity to experience much. But I think given the fact. Uh, not that, but thinking about who I was back then, I, I look back and I think, yeah, as a young man, just like anyone, like there's things we struggle with, but proud of the guy I was. You know, I, I often talk about, in fact, just tonight, I was talking to my wife and my oldest son about bullying. And then my wife was like, she's like, I never was a bully in high school. And I like reflected because I saw your message. One of the questions, I was like, was I a bully in high school? I was trying to think, like, truly think, like, was I a bully? I'm like, I don't think I was a bully. And so, was I a bully? <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, I mean, that's think. the question. And I think, like, the, because if you were asked myself, like, I don't think I would consider myself a bully, but I had moments where I had bullied people, yeah. you know, and, like. In the moment, sorry. I wouldn't be like, I'm going to be a bully right now. It's like, right. see, like, this low-hanging fruit to just totally, right. like, make fun of somebody, like. That person was just asking for it. <laughs> like, how could I not do this? But I don't, like, I don't You could not do it. <laughs> we hung out a bunch in high school. And right. It's like, I never have memories of you, like, having malintent, like, trying to be right. a jerk. Or, but, I mean, it could happen. I just, but it, it couldn't happen but, to me. And I think at the same time, at that age, like, boys would tease each other a ton. So Absolutely. we would always, like, and I think there is, like, a, a difference between a kind of a good nature teasing and then when they're when you do feel like someone has malintent behind it so i mean i have memories of like some playful ribbing or things yeah, like that but right. i remember like hitting each other in the nuts and like, <laughs> yeah you know, whatever like. i'm talking about just like playful dumb stuff we do i remember one time we were at your house steve or someone like maybe your grandma's i can't remember they lived right next to a golf course and was it your house keep going with the story and so what we i don't know if this is suitable for a podcast but i'm gonna tell a story anyway 
we were seeing who could pee over the fence onto the golf course. <laughs> it was my their backyard. It was in it's like in Holiday on thirteenth right. and forty fifth. Their that's backyard right. is is a big park, so they have like Larry H. Miller softball field. That's what it was. <laughs> and I just remember yes. we were sat in there pinching it off in the seat like <laughs> You could launch it over the fence. I think it was when we were there because we were picking up the snowmobiles to take them right. to my grandma's cabin. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> anyway, I think about that often. I was not there that day. That <laughs> Gonza was there. Because <laughs> I know that on that trip, you crashed one of the snowmobiles. Yeah, but I wasn't, I wasn't there peeing off, like, lining up with you guys to be all over the fence. <laughs> oh, it was a good time. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> but to your point, right? Okay. <laughs> I think it was a lot of that. Like I, I look back and I'm like, yeah, I'm proud of the guy I was. I don't think, you know, there's anything that I would change about myself. Like I said, always opportunity to be better, to be more kind, but really enjoyed my time at high school. A lot of good memories, like that one I just shared, right? Where it's yeah. just like you do stupid stuff. I remember like it was you, Steve, that ran naked through <laughs> <laughs> you're at Bear Park and you yeah. stripped down nothing it ran you booked it through oh man I got I got my mission delayed because of that <laughs> that's right I couldn't go on my mission I had that's to right. wait because they were like you, you, you're not mature enough you, you need to it was like a month though right like a transfer six weeks six weeks uh, I was like yeah I definitely I, just, I learned a whole lot in that six weeks yeah so uh, so many things. I remember that. I mean, how often did we take my blazer and we'd go like jump up into the, the grass at Bear yeah. Park yeah. and just do that's the one I remember just like yeah. just rally that. Thing. Oh, yeah, just up and down those hills. Yeah. And just so much fun. Remember, we would uh, <laughs> we'd go to that like strip of like three or four fast food restaurants in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Remember this? Yeah. And we'd order a bunch of food, and then you all stick your butt out the window and drive understand. off. <laughs> Pretty sure we had the cops call us a few times, oh, and we would just movies look. nine, movies, <laughs> like honk the horn, and everyone else would oh. look at us, and we would just be mooning them, and then just drive away. Okay, on that one, I, clear as day. I remember this. So Gus had his butt hanging out, and this girl just yelled, "It's so hairy." <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that's like burnt into my mind. <laughs> it's so hairy. <laughs> Jeez. But uh, no, it was good. There's so many fun times. So, uh, how have you changed as an adult? Yeah. Who are you now? Yeah. So, who am I now? I think uh, I'm still growing. But what I can say is, I've gone through a lot of life experiences, like most have since high school. And what it's turned me into is someone who is not afraid to speak up, who's not afraid to, to be who I want to be um, in all things, right? And in high school, that's probably one thing I, I know I could do better is, you know, find my voice and not be afraid to use it. And uh, I've grown into that, right? Where now like I'm oftentimes with a group of people or just even small groups, myself, my wife, if I see something that's not right, like I'm typically the one that's saying something or if something needs to be said, regardless, like I'm typically the one saying what needs to be said. I think that just comes with age. You start to care a little less about what people think. Yeah. Is it, is it an age thing or have this, have something happened in your life that has made you the person that speaks up? Yeah. 
I, I credit first and foremost uh, my mission. I think you learn a lot on a mission of just like, you got to say what you need to say. It doesn't mean that people are going to listen. But many times, like I got jumped while in Poland. I got, got beat up in an alleyway. Uh-huh. I got spit on my whole mission. I got things thrown at me. And so you just learn, you're like, all right, I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> I'm not going to stop saying it. You know, and you, I think it's uh, part part growing up. You just naturally, as you get older, I believe you, you just start to formulate your own ideas and they become more concrete. And, and so you become more willing to share them because also growing up, you start to realize like how little other people's opinions of you really matter mm-hmm. at the end of the day. But also you start to realize like the things that I have to say are important. And if only to one person, like fine, it's important to that one person. I need to say it. So I think it is partially growing up. And then the other is it does come with practice. I think you got to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. And so having grown up in the career that I'm in, I've had an opportunity to really lead large groups of people and, and have really hard conversations, you know, and probably the one that stands out the most in my professional career is, you know, I built up a very large agency and company, um, hundreds of, of agents selling insurance and, do to some things like we had to cut half of them so i had to you know i wasn't about to put that on any of my other leaders to go to live that message right so i stood up and had an all-hands meeting where i had to look a couple hundred people in the eye and tell them half of you aren't going to have a job in 60 days from now it was very emotional you know i had a deep relationship with all of them but you got to put yourself in situations to to learn and to grow and to say things and although many of those individuals you know obviously didn't continue to work for us many of them came up and thanked me just for having that type of conversation and saying what needed to be said. So that's one of like, that really stands out in my professional career. And then, you know, in my personal life, um, you know, Utah's a very religious state and I am religious, but I've also, in growing up, like formed my own thoughts and opinions on a lot of things and still very much aligned with the church, but not on all things. So there's, there's times where like all voice, maybe concerns aren't the right word, but questions, wanting to learn and better understand. And I've often found that as I'm the one voicing them, others also will chime in like, yes. Right. And that's okay. Like the other thing is that I've learned, like, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to say something. And even if you are the only, only one in the room that feels that way or thinks that way, that's okay. Oftentimes you're not though. And it takes someone just to ask the question. So I've learned that in my personal life too. And just questions, asking, growing. You know, credit my wife for a lot of that as well. You know, my wife, she pushes and challenges me to, to think. Um, you know, she's excited to listen to this because I don't typically open up. <laughs> like I'm, you know, again, probably more private guy when it comes to my own personal life and things like that. But I do, I credit my wife for for a lot of the growth that I've seen, right? As she's helped push me and challenge me and be there for me. It's, it's helped me feel confident enough that, and learn that I, I should be speaking up. So that's it. Yeah. That's good. So it's, it sounds like that's moving into like the lessons, how you've changed and, and the lessons that you've learned. You mentioned being honest mm-hmm. has become a big thing with the whole, uh, Jamie and the deer, <laughs> that's but, right. um, and then speaking out, but speaking up, I think that's an awesome lesson. And it's, 
some people go their whole life without learning it still. Yeah. So oh, I love that. Yeah. What, what other things have you learned? What are your other big lessons that you've learned? Learn that it's okay to not be okay. <laughs> I think oftentimes uh, there's so much social pressure, whether that's true, meaning socially there is the pressure, or just it's assumed and perceived to be there. That, uh, you know, as, as we grow up, we try to be a certain way or, or think a certain way and, and live our lives a certain way. And it can be challenging. It can be stressful. You know, it's something where, you know, mental illness for the longest time I thought was just like a hoax, <laughs> to be honest. It's like, I, I never was one that struggled with depression or anxiety. Uh, I didn't get stressed. Like for me, life has always been, it's been a challenge, but like, I, I've always viewed challenges as like, cool, I'll take it as an opportunity. I'll run with it. I'll grow. I know I'm going to mess it up, whatever. And things bounce off me fairly easy. My wife, after our second child, got really, really bad postpartum, like really bad. And it was the first time in my life I was like, okay, maybe this mental illness thing is real. And my, my sweet wife, you know, she struggled for a while, really struggled. And it was the first time in my life where I was like, my goodness, like I want to help, but I don't, there's nothing I can do to help. And so you just feel helpless. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm failing. Like I'm doing something um, or I, I don't know what to do to help her. Right. And so in those moments, like then I, for the first time started feeling some version of like depression or, or stress. Right. Yeah. Like this is, this isn't me. This isn't us. Right. And so there's some other things that, that had gone down and ultimately that, that led us to go get into counseling together, both individually and as a couple in that process, like really started to identify, like it is okay to not be okay, <laughs> but how you communicate about it and, and what you do to work through it. That's what really matters. And that's where there's a lot of growth opportunity. So I grew a lot in that process on building my relationship with my wife, mending our relationship, figuring out how to, to support her, right? Um, things that as you're going up in high school, like early life, like you just you don't really think about, right? Because it, it hasn't hit you yet. And then it does. And then you're like, how do I handle this? So I went through that and, uh, you know, we, it took about a year, solid year of working through that stuff to really learn like how to communicate well and how to work through like the things that were not okay and to do it in a way that we could both grow together, that I could grow personally. You know, I, I look back at those experiences and as difficult as they were to go through, like, I credit our great relationship because we took that first step to go and seek help. And, uh, and then also, you know, I got diagnosed with, I think half the world has this now, but like ADHD, <laughs> like, like, which made a lot of sense. Like at first I was like, it's not, well, it's not real. <laughs> And then after like I've been put on medication, like my goodness, I can focus so much <laughs> <Yeah>. more now. <laughs> it's crazy. I was like, maybe I could have been good in high school. I don't know. Maybe I would have passed college. I don't know. But uh, you know, all of that stuff became real. And then it's it's something that you have to work through, and it, you manage it. Is what what I learned. It's like a, it doesn't ever just go away. You just got to manage these things. And so there's a lot of things that we continue to manage that I continue to manage, but. It's first knowing and understanding, like, it's okay not to be okay and be open and communicate and work through it. I love so, that. Yeah. It's awesome because it shows growth. Like, like you talked about as a kid, 
I'm sure it helps being like 6'4", 230. Like, You're generous. But like being, you know, being like a generally happy, I don't happy-go-lucky maybe. Like yeah. don't, don't over-stress on things and life's going to work out. But then when you become a husband or a wife and you get into like a relationship, it's like crap. Like what if this isn't all right? Right. And we have a full range of emotions. And I love how you talked about like communicating because it's like everyone just wants to be happy, but like you can't be just happy all the time. Like you, you want to be able to experience all the emotions of life, but communicating, I think mm-hmm. is like the biggest thing. And that's why you're like, mm-hmm. Gonzo and I have talked a lot about like couples therapy and it's like, if you can learn the tools to communicate or even like we've talked a lot about Oliver with his, with his autism is like, yeah. as he has been able to learn different tools and have you, as you as parents have learned it, like he, you were able to see a difference, but it's because he's able to communicate more. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's just the key. Like it is. if you can communicate with each other, you can at least understand where the person is right now. Oh, yeah. And just maybe all you need to do is to sit with them or say, Hey, I'm not okay right now. And, and, be willing to work through it together. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think any, anyone that's like married and we're like listening to this, but it's like, it's not all just roses. It is. All the time. In fact, most of the time it's not <laughs> like, that's <laughs> the truth. Like when you grow up and, and you're in these fantasy relationships when you're in high school where you're like, you see someone every day at school and then you're maybe hanging out a couple nights a week. It's like, this is the greatest thing ever. I want to be in a relationship always and forever. And then you get married and then the honeymoon phase wears off. And then you realize like how much work goes into marriage and this communication piece to your point, right? It is so important to communicate and oftentimes, and it's not just in personal life. Like why have I been successful in business? Because I've taken those, those same principles of like, how do you, you make your marriage better and just apply them to business. Why do most businesses fail? Communication. That's what it is. So learning how to over communicate in a positive way has been you know, life-changing for us. But uh, even then, doesn't doesn't mean it gets easier overnight. Like, it takes work because mm-hmm. um, people communicate differently. So it takes time. And what was interesting is, you know, it took us eight years to get to that point in our marriage. Eight years. Think about wow. it. We, we just learned how to do that from the very start. Could have saved ourselves a lot of heartache, probably. Right? So... But at the same time, I think of all the lessons you learned, like all the time oh, yeah. you went through, it's like... Yeah. You grow from it. Yeah. It gives, gives meaning to life, right? For sure. You can more appreciate the things that are good. But th- that is funny to think about, though, because it's like anything that you're going to... If you're going to learn a profession, you're going to go to school and study and learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. If you If you start a job, you have some training time. Mm-hmm. But for a relationship... People think like, I should just like know how to do this, you know, yeah. but it's just like, like we'll just start sharing all of our money now. <laughs> it it, yeah. should, it yeah. should be a normal thing to think like, well, you should learn like how to be married and like yeah. a couple's counseling thing from now on, any, anyone that like is about to get married, I'm going to be like, maybe you should do like preemptive, like do couples, couples counseling from the beginning. Just there. take a day a month and go. The thought I'm having right now is like my kids, like my wedding gift to them will be like a year of care. Yeah, there you go, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like you guys, it's just like, cause you're saying like it took 100%. us eight years to like, hey, now we're starting to like hit a stride. Now yep. we're starting to like figure it out. But it's like, if that was year two, would, you know, so much better. So much like, better. You know, would have been like, it, it's okay to struggle, but it's like, 
it's okay to not to either and to, <laughs> and to know how to do it right away. Absolutely. And uh, I think it's a great thought. In fact, there are many religions that that is something that they put you through, right? Um, mm-hmm. Catholicism is one where when you want to get married, like you meet with the bishop or whomever. and The, the padre. The, <laughs> the padre. And, you, and, you, and they really, they, they make you go through some courses mm-hmm. on what it means to be married. And like they bring up some uncomfortable things that truthfully like my wife and I, we never talked about, to your point, Steve, like finances. They're like, so what are you going to do with finances? I, we haven't even gotten to that part yet. Like, sh- we're, we're going to make them? a budget. <laughs> <laughs> Just use that word. <laughs> All the keywords that you've heard thrown out. Anyway, but yeah, it's uh, it's been good life lessons there. And, you know, as a father, you know, just like any father, I'm sure, strives to do is learn from your mistakes and then teach that to your children like hey but it's interesting is like as i've raised i've got four kids like with each kid every kid's different but i've gotten better at parenting and what i've found is what becomes better at parenting is you got to learn to let them fail so there's this other part of it obviously it's like is the right way to do it to let them fail and and let them learn through their failures right because that's what builds character and so some, I'm sure there's a mixture in there of like a little bit of like get in front of it and then also like you got to learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. That's what really gets it to sink in. And I've seen that as a father. It's like, hey, my first, I was probably overly protective and, you know, don't do that. Or, hey, let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. Where like my two-year-old now, my youngest, I'm like, go for it. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like today he was smacking people around with a spatula and I was like, get them. <laughs> And like, sure enough, like my oldest son, like slapped my two-year-old around. I was like, that's how you're going to learn. Don't mess with someone bigger than you. I don't tell you. My wife wanted me to get all mad. I'm like, I'm proud. First, that my two-year-old's not afraid to go hit someone that's bigger than him, like to protect himself. But secondly, that my older one's not afraid to teach him a lesson. Anyway, (laughs) bad parenting, I'm sure. Don't care. (laughs) I love love it. it. Let, let them fail. <laughs> uh, learn. <Anyway>. <laughs> so, um, have you found any new passions? Have you, what are, yeah. your, what are your passions now? So, I really got into a few things since uh, high school. I've always been a basketball fan. Always. I was never like great at it, but always loved it. I've really gotten into it now, though. I'm a huge Utah Jazz fan. I got season tickets, and I'll tell you what, I was not happy that... I the just game last night? <laughs> so that game and many games, but having spent as much money because they up the season tickets every year, yeah. like, oh, like, so the most I've ever spent on season tickets. And then for all the news to break, like, everyone's leaving. I'm like, oh, do I get a refund or nothing? Of course not. The new team's pretty good. But they're fun. Yeah. So I went from, like, I'm never going to be able to sell any of these extra tickets and blah, 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 to, like, oh, they're decent. So, like, it hasn't been an issue. But I follow the jazz religiously. Like, love the jazz but I got into fitness. So in high school, I was always fit, if if you will. Like, I think in high school, people don't really have to try very hard to like be in shape, whatever shape means, right? Like, I could not gain weight. I could eat anything. I remember nights that, you know, I'd go eat twelve donuts, like it was nothing. I think about twelve donuts now. <laughs> like, if I could eat two, I'd be happy <laughs> um, with, without gaining weight. But you know, I uh, I actually got really overweight. So after my wife and I got married, I was going to school 
And I was working, well, when we first got married, I was working at low book sales and I was selling cars. I'll tell you to this day, probably the funnest job I've ever had. Really? Loved it. Something about just like the competition, like the sales aspect of it. Like it, I loved every bit of it, but, uh, you know, it, it gets you into this mindset and they had like popcorn there all the time. And they had this like fountain drinks that you could just get whenever you wanted. So that's when it started. Then got married and I was like, oh, this is purely commission. Like what happens if I have a bad sales month and I can't support myself and my wife? So I got a job at Nordstrom and I worked in men's sportswear, but for every day at lunch, I would go to the food court and typically I was there for eight, nine hours and it was typically lunch and dinner. So I was usually eating lunch and dinner at the food court. So I did that for several months and, uh, started gaining a lot of weight. And then my wife and I, you know, decided to move. So I got an opportunity to go knock doors like many Utah guys do. <laughs> and so we, we headed out to Portland, Oregon and I knocked doors selling, um, dish network and direct TV. And when you're selling doors, you're eating out every day. And so I just kept building and building. And then one day is actually the first house we built, or excuse me, purchased was out here, not too far from where your house is now, just over on the other side of Ridley's. But anyway, we were over there. This was like only probably three or four years after we got married. And I had gone from when I was married, like 210 pounds to at that time I was 275 pounds Dang. and I was like 35%, almost 40% body fat. And I remember sitting on the toilet watching my wife walk by and I looked down at my gut and I'm like, she's way too hot for me and I'm going to lose her. <laughs> and that, that just sounds, sounds just like I'm saying my wife is all about finding someone who looks good, which isn't the truth. My wife is a sweetheart um, and looks mean nothing to her, but nonetheless, I was like, I don't, I don't deserve her. Like she's way too good for me. And so I went to a buddy at the time who was big into fitness. And he said, yeah, come with me to planet fitness. I said, cool. So I started going to planet fitness and went there for six, seven months and gotten, you know, in better shape to the point where, I don't know if you've all been to planet fitness ever, like they only go up to a certain amount of weights and, and whatnot, where it was clear, like, okay, we kind of, you maxed out <laughs> yeah, things. kind of gotten out of, of that range. So we started going to Vasa and anyway, I got heavily into working out to the point where I started to use steroids. Oh, dang. I started to get really into it. And, uh, I mean, I was spending three, four hours a day at the gym. I was massive. Like I'd go places and people would just stare. I'm a bigger framed guy as it is, but I, I went from being addicted to food to be addicted to something else. And that was the gym. I have a very addictive personality. And so I got heavy into steroids, heavy into lifting. And I, I was able to put up a lot of weight to the point where I was like, ah, I'm going to go compete. I'm going to go do these things. And I came home one day and was with my buddy that, that I would lift with. I went into my home and my wife was cooking and she was dead silent. She wouldn't look at me. She wouldn't say word to me. I wanted to go give her a kiss. She wouldn't let me give her a kiss. I was like, what is going on? And I was stopping at home to her and grab some gym stuff to go to the gym with my buddy. I go upstairs and where I had stashed 
all of the steroids. My wife had found it and torn it all down. It was all over the ground. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. So I went downstairs and my wife was angry. So she took my kids and she left the house. Oh, dang. Ooh. I was like, oh man, she was very mad at me. She came back um, later that night and we had a good chat and I promised her I'd never do it again. So I haven't touched the stuff since, but it didn't mess with my body, right? So my testosterone levels like tanked. So now I have to see a doctor and prescribe testosterone. Like I got to take testosterone. I tried to, to not take it, changed my diet, did everything. Uh, sex drive completely went away. Like it had messed my body so, up so much where like I had zero desire to be intimate with my wife, which caused issues as well, right? So I was like, all right, can't do steroids because that's a no-no. Like there's got to be legal ways to do this. So I went and saw a doctor and my levels were so low that they thought I had some pretty bad medical problems. Uh, fortunately, I didn't, but now I'm on testosterone, right? So I got to take a shot prescribed every single week basically for the rest of my life if I want to have any type of testosterone. But anyway, I got, like I said, heavy into lifting. And so now it's, you know, turned, it's it's still a passion of mine. Like I, I'd much rather be able to run around and enjoy life, lift my kids up and, you know, I physically I feel good. And being in, in sales and what I do, like I, I often preach to, to the companies and, and those that I work with, like, look good, feel good, sell good. And there's a lot of truth to that, right? So uh, I still I go to the gym. That's where I, I saw Steve a few years ago for the first time and it was at the West Jordan Vasa. We ran into each other and it was great to see Steve. And he had just moved back to Utah at the time. And, back from Tennessee. Yep. And so, but uh, so anyway, that, that's become a passion of mine. So I, every day I'm at the gym. Did you notice a difference? Like when you started taking those testosterone shots, like... I felt like a god. Did you immediately notice? Wait, you mean the steroid or the testosterone? The testosterone. Oh, tell you what, if I could, if there is a legal way to take steroids, I'd do it. Testosterone with nothing compared. Like, but but then you also felt yourself getting back to like more of a normal. I'm normal. What I'd say, like testosterone, there's a big difference. I'm a big advocate. Like, if there's men out there that are, are struggling with weight loss. Or maintaining a certain weight if they're struggling with you know intimacy like there's no shame in going and seeing a doctor and <laughs> more testosterone levels though now it could be a bunch of things it could be your diet right like men like we hold a lot of testosterone in our legs and it's like many of us now we work in in jobs where we sit all day or, or whatnot and like there's study after study about just the decline in testosterone in men, mm-hmm. right and so i there is a big difference i will say from where I was and where I'm at now, now taking testosterone, but way different. Trend, you feel like a god. Like I'm just being real. Like I, I would walk into a gym, like I unassisted bench press 500 pounds. Now it took me years of, of like working to that, but like your body heals faster. That's crazy. So there's just five plates on each five side. Five plates. And you, you get to a point where I'm not joking, you walk around and you feel like a God. That's the only way I can explain it. Like, because it it starts like mentally, it messes with you. Like obviously physically, um, you look at anyone and everything and you're like, I can take the world on. 
There's nothing that can stop me. And I'm going to just tell everybody exactly what's on my mind right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's the truth. That's probably in many ways also (laughs) what helped drive that is like, I'm going to say whatever. And if you want to do something about it, do it. Like, nah, but, uh, but yeah, testosterone, it's great. It helps a ton, a ton. Um, fatigue was an issue I had in the past, especially coming off of everything. I'm energized both like physically, mentally, it helps a ton. Cool. Yeah. Fitness and lifting. Fitness is, yeah. And, and credit to my beautiful wife. She's, uh, she's big into clean eating. Like right now we're on this clean eating kick for, so we're headed to Hawaii. We never went to Hawaii. And then all of a sudden we went a few years ago and we love it. So we've gone every year since. And so this year, uh, this upcoming February, we're going and, uh, we're going with her siblings though. It's the first time we're traveling with like, so she's like, let's do this clean eating challenge. I'm like, sure, let's do it. And it's been good. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been difficult, but my wife, even prior to this, like she does not, she doesn't purchase processed goods. She makes everything from scratch. I'm talking everything. Always has. And not always, but as we've kind of grown up, like she's done a lot of research and she's big into clean eating and making her own food. So that's that's another reason why I'm passionate about it is it's something my wife and I have bonded over. It's just clean eating, health, all of that. Mm-hmm. I got uh, you know, I think like most individuals growing up, like video games were part of life. But one game in particular I got really big into and I still play. It's the only video game I play. Um, and I got... Mario Party? Yes. <laughs> Golden Eye. <laughs> oh. Still booting oh, the N64. <laughs> oh, man. Those are good times. I remember growing up in AJ, AJ Putnam. <laughs> Have you seen him lately? He's yeah. got the freaking biggest mustache. <laughs> I went to lunch with him, you know, maybe two, three years ago. And, uh, I saw him like I think three weeks ago. I he lives right. He lives yeah. close to you. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's talk- just a great guy. He and I were best friends growing up. Lived our backyard fence. You know, we shared a fence anyway. But talking about like Mario Party <laughs> and Nintendo sixty four, as I remember, he and I would go down in his basement and we'd just crank what was it in sync. <laughs> <laughs> we would crank in sync and play Mario <laughs> for hours. <laughs> Hours. I want <laughs> that right. way. Oh. Tell me why. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, so good. Yeah, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no, Apex Legends is is just a it's like a first person shooter kind of game. Anyway, yeah, I got way too into it and ended up being ranked in the nation. Played way too much is what it goes meant. back to. Crystalline doesn't do anything halfway. I don't. It's the truth. I get addicted, and so anyway, I, I ended up with a with a certain character in the U.S. I, I was number one in wins and a couple other things for the entire U.S. And you know, that led to some fun opportunities. But like, it's awesome. Um, you know, I got passionate about that, which is weird because like I again I played video games. But it was never anything that I was like really into. But man, the video games nowadays have gotten to a whole nother level. And uh, my son recently got PS5 that. is legit. <laughs> well, these <laughs> VR sets too. My oh, son, like I can't do VR. It's like five minutes, and I get a massive oh, headache. Man. I'm like, oh, I can't do this because he's like running the wall. <laughs> <laughs> All those videos of people like jumping into their TVs. <laughs> yes, 
Oh, but it's cute. Like, five-year-old son, he'll put one on, and then you'll see him, and he'll just be, like, trying to hit things in it. <laughs> it's like the, the lightsaber game, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, one of those. And anyway, it's fun. They'll, they'll do these, like, horror ones. Oh, where, yeah. where all of a sudden, I'll hear my son scream, bloody murder, and I'm, like, running downstairs. What happened? And he's, like, quivering on the couch. He's got this VR set. Oh, my gosh. Like, what are you doing, dude? Anyway. No, and then travel. Love traveling. Like I said, um... I've been traveling a lot for work, but love to spend time traveling with my family. In fact, today I went to go book a trip to Legoland and my wife was like, stop, <laughs> like, just stop. Cause I'm always trying to like book fun things to go yeah. do. I love spending time with my family. Never been. So I was like, Hey, I want to check it out. But cool. you know, my wife and I, we've, we've had an opportunity. One of the companies I worked for, they have this award, this employee impact award for every year. I was fortunate enough to win that. And so the company sent me anywhere I wanted to go. So my wife and I went to Italy for 10 days wow. and just Dang. toured all Italy. We've been on handful of cruises, Mexico, more than I could count. Um, Poland, we went back to Poland, Hawaii. Like just love to, to go explore the world. It's so fascinating. Like I'm not, not a history buff by any means, but I do enjoy like going places and learning about like the history. And so we typically try to, go somewhere cool like that where there's a deep history deep rooted history spend some time learning about it and then hopefully there's a beach nearby yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah i love that that's yeah. that's awesome yeah so chris do we have any beef no no beef are we supposed to have beef i don't have any did beef. we have beef i don't no, know like uh, i said if things bounce off me and i forget things i'm sure that there are people who have beef sorry i don't know what i did i'm sure i did <laughs> bring it on yeah. <laughs> I know. It's a good question. Squat off at the boss. <laughs> Ash, how that beef? Yeah. Steve, do you have beef with Chris? I, I have tried to think, and no, no. I just think it was great. Like, I remember, like, you didn't talk about it once, but you're, you, are you still a great dancer? <laughs> yeah. So, I, I have been known to bust a move. In fact, uh, when I was overweight, people would get a kick out of it. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. a taller guy, but then I was... I was quite overweight that you were so graceful but, uh, but that's the thing people are like there's i tell people i could dance They're like there's no way you can dance i made so many friends because the fat guy knew how to dance <laughs> oh, man. so i don't dance nearly as much as i used to but my uh my seven-year-old daughter she's big into dance big into dance and so she and i will dance around the house every now and then like uh, at work under the right circumstances <laughs> i'll bust a move but nothing like back in the day I just remember a time, I don't know if this was before missions or after, like going to Studio 600 mm -hmm. and like you got into this dance off with this girl, <laughs> it was like back and forth and back and forth and finally she just like gave up, you beat her and it was just like, I know this guy, I know, I came here with him. Oh like, man, those are good times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's dancing, it's just fun, like you let loose, just move your body. it's just fun, right? And. Uh, it made for a lot of great memories back in high school. It's, you know, in college, had a lot of great memories. Almost getting beat up by a bunch of did, Polynesians. Did you and Sway have, a, like, a talent show? We did. you guys beatbox together? We did. Together? Yeah, yeah, so that, that's another thing, too. Yeah, we did a beatbox singing. We sang Jingle Bells. Or I sang Jingle Bells and beatbox while Sway was just straight beatboxing. And then, you know, I did uh, Mr. Jordan. Where I danced to Michael Jackson, I did another. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. did another. Yeah, I remember it was good. 
Yeah, did a picture of all of us in the sixties. Like you're in a yeah. I think you're you're in like a white shirt and like dress slacks. Yeah, I'll post it. Okay, (laughs) I got it. I'll put it somewhere. I didn't. I need to dance more. It's fun. I just you kind of uh, grow up and other things become more of a priority. But that's one that I should pick back up. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything that you'd like to promote or anything else you want to share? Oh, great question. I think I've touched on a few things like promote mental health. Right. I, like I said, I've gone through um, some things I've shared today a lot that I haven't that, you know, take care of yourself mentally. And that requires like take care of yourself personally first. Like be the type of person you want to be and work on the type of person you want to be. And not for anyone else. Do it for you. And that's where it begins. So that, that's the first thing I say. The second thing, don't ever take steroids. But sure as hell, go take testosterone if you need it. Because <laughs> it is it's helpful. <laughs> it is helpful for sure. Uh, but no, that's it. That's it. No, I love it. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. yeah. I, I missed you. Yeah. I, like It's been a long time. I'm glad I got to see you. Yeah, likewise. And thank you for having me on the show you know it's like i said at the beginning i think it's awesome the, the things that you two are doing and is the idea then to uh kind of take all of this i know this is crazy to say but we've got like our 20 year reunion coming up yeah is there a plan to <laughs> take some of this and do something there i think like we're gonna keep I, I, I plan to keep podcasting but i'm hoping that because of it that more people are willing to go to the 20th reunion yeah and I hope that our 20th reunion is like more fun yeah. than, and, and less awkward of people just like, Oh, you know, it's like, what do you do for work? I feel like if people have listened to the podcast, it would have like, it yeah. almost feel like they already know each other. Like, yeah. Is Gonzo going to go? Oh, he's not. I'm not going to do it. No. <laughs> I, I will say people have asked us this and the way I think of it is when we started this, that was like not our intention at all. And it, it's not really, but I feel like it's allowed us to almost we have a whole bunch of built-in icebreakers. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we have, like, I think you're going to be episode 66, I think, right around there. Yeah. But it's like, it's a whole bunch of people. You can, like, listen to a, a 20, 30, 40 hour long episode uh, about someone and let's say, hey, tell me more about that. Like, yeah. Chris, do you have pictures of how huge you were on steroids? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's my thought. Yeah. But, can I know, see a fat picture and a roided picture? <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's cool to think about that because it is coming up and, uh, yeah. Hopefully by then we have, I mean, shoot, like we're planning on doing this as long as we can. Yeah, I think it would be awesome to incorporate some version of what you're doing here into that. Of course, I have nothing to do with that reunion. It's up to Missy. She's in charge of it. (laughs) She'll probably hear what I said today and be like, nope. I'm (laughs) going to send this episode to her. Oh, boy. You were especially talked about in this episode. (laughs) I'm sure she'd love that. Chris regrets your whole relationship. some beef right there <laughs> we won't have a 20 year yeah. <laughs> like no, somehow Chris's uh, invitation got lost <laughs> 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 oh man that's not true Missy <laughs> is there um, is there anyone that you would want to hear from Don if he has not already been on he's not that would be a great one yeah Don Hoover from Okinawa Japan yeah. Yeah. Don and I, we haven't been in touch recently, but 
you know, I was best man at his, one of his best men at his wedding. And, uh, anyway, he's done some awesome things with his life, uh, since high school. And I think he'd be a fun one, you know, a couple I'd, love, of I'd love to use him, not like cream of the crop. Kind he of really guy. is. He's really good. 100%. 100%. One of the best hearts out there. And, uh, I think he'd be a good one. For I'll, sure. I'll send him this episode. Yeah. I love it. Cool. Well, thank you hey, very much. Like, absolutely. It's really awesome. It's been my pleasure. Over. Thanks. Love it. So, Steve, we just got done talking to Chris. What are your thoughts? I loved it. I loved every second of it. Uh, I loved seeing him because he was like one of our good friends in high school. Like, I, yeah. I, we spent a lot of time together. I love that he brought up a bunch of stuff I wanted to talk about. I still feel like he outed me for the streaking thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was awesome, though. And I, I loved hearing about... I mean, his story about driving down to Ephraim and like dating the roommate and now to switching to dating Jamie and hitting the deer and hearing, you can even hear like the emotion in his voice learning about like the true history. Cause I, I feel like right now there's a whole bunch of like Holocaust deniers. Yeah. Like, that didn't even really happen. It's like, no, like this really happened. And it's just crazy to think that it wasn't that long ago, but we live in a day and age where like there's fake news, there's all kinds of opinions. But to hear him say, no, I have freaking been there. I have seen the scratch marks on the ground. You can see like where they would burn the bodies. And I think that, I don't know, I guess I would want to live my life in a way that if I have experience, if I have the opportunity to have an experience with something like that, that can really help increase my understanding and give me different perspective on life. I want to take advantage of those opportunities. And I love hearing him talk about hey, we like to travel, but we like to travel to places that give us something to learn so we can learn more of the history of that place. And, uh, I mean, shoot, we talked about a ton of stuff, but I, I loved it. One of my favorite things was he said, like, he learned to speak up and to speak his mind. I feel like I'm still trying to learn that. Like, I've, there are times that I always, in retrospect, like, look back and say, I should have said something. I should have said this. I should have said that. Or I should have spoken up and 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 uh, shared my feelings on something earlier before. You know, I love that that that's something that's become part of his personality. That he's not afraid to speak up. He's not afraid to speak his mind. I thought it was great. I mean, there was so much we could talk about, but I I like that he talked about like, hey, if you got low T, because I hear those commercials and I hate those commercials. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I hear another freaking low T commercial, I just want to like never listen to the radio again but shoot like we're, we're closer to 40 than we are 30 yeah and uh I, it's something that happens and i think you know he talked i didn't know he would, had done steroids and i never knew that he got just super massive but every time i have seen him like a few years ago and even now like he's he's a big guy i'm not like that's the one thing like i'm obviously i don't want to talk about people's bodies but it's like i remember in in high school him being like a pretty skinny kid but now it's like I couldn't put both my hands and wrap around his bicep because this guy has got like a thick arm here. Yeah. <laughs> and so I I think that I, I like that he just said like take care of yourself. Like yeah. mental health, but it starts with taking care of yourself. And I think that that's not a I don't know, like all you dads out there and all you men out there, it's like, hey, if you're feeling like fatigued and tired, talk to your doctor about it. it just go, just see, like it, it doesn't hurt just to do a test. In fact, like, Oh my gosh, my testosterone is super low. And then all of a sudden you just take one medication and that can make a huge difference. Or if you've got ADHD and it's like, all of a sudden you're taking a little bit of Adderall, like there's things that we can do that I think maybe there's a stigma with it a little bit, but if one little thing 
can improve the quality of your life very noticeably, why would you not do that thing? Yeah. Why would I not do that thing, I guess? Well, and just like he was saying, it's like today our lifestyles have been like have changed enough that we he's saying we store testosterone in our legs and we're sitting most of the day. It's just like it, it's affecting it's affected our bodies. So, oh, I loved it. Yeah. I make sure I never skip leg day. Like yeah. I might not do other stuff, but for sure every week I at least have like one good leg. Every day is leg day for me. And then sometimes I throw other stuff in. Like if you're picking <laughs> some, uh, something up off the ground, just bend your knees. Heck yeah. That's it. If you'd like to be on the <laughs> podcast, send us an email. Jordanhigh2004podcast at gmail.com. I'm looking at AJ Putnam. Don. I'm looking at you, Don. Everybody that was mentioned. Uh, we'd, like, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.